Welcome to New Day Podcast, a ministry of Redeemer Church of Madison. Join me, Pastor Gabe, for a weekly podcast devoted to discussions around church, theology, and practical issues we all face. Let's go. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, uh, so I uh, I messed up the producer of all producers by crossing up some wires, didn't I? Uh, we did a special kids podcast today, and it was one of the cutest things on earth. Um, but it was the kids' fault. No, I'm going to say that Blame I, the kids. No, I didn't check everything. The producer's supposed to check Blame everything before you hit. Get, that's on me. Blame the kids. I am the producer of most producery. It's because you don't have kids yet. <laughs> Once you have kids, you'll just blame them. Yeah. That's what that's what parents do. That's true. Oh. That's why you have them. Mm-hmm. Someone call Mariah. We're going to have kids. <laughs> You're poor? My kids' fault. Yeah. You're busy? It's my, my kids', kids fault. fault. Oh, I can't wait. Yeah. Your house ain't clean? My kids' fault. All of it. It's it's the best thing ever. I don't want to go to your house. It's my kids' fault. Mm. Yeah. It's true. Gets you out of I everything. don't eat vegetables. Because my, my kids', kids fault. fault. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Actually, that's pretty fault, but... <laughs> Oh, I'm proud of her. Her diet is growing. When I met her, it was chicken tenders, and that was about it. I mean, I would take her. I mean, Longhorns back in the day was like a big deal for us, right? I mean, still is. A, yeah, we don't eat a Longhorns a ton, but uh, took her to to Longhorns. I'm like, man, I'm I'm doing this. She ordered chicken tenders. I'm like, what are you doing? We're at like a steakhouse. I like chicken tenders, and mac and cheese. Like, all right, five year old, but. Uh, I still but love you're her. still married her. But now, like, she's actually branching out. The more she got frustrated at the kids for not eating, and then I would just give her that look like, well, they didn't get it from me because <laughs> I eat everything in sight. So she's branched out, and she's she's pretty pretty uh, efficient eater. Is that, is that a better way to say that? Same with Eddie after 40 years. Really? He's finally, you know, he eats a lot of things that he would never even dream of eating when we first got married. What was it like? What I mean, would when we eat? first got married, he ate just about any any meat fried. Um, because he's a man. Because he's a man. I think green beans was the only vegetable he ate. Really, that's one of the blandest vegetables. Yeah, yeah. and which is that's not like him at all. But that the only dessert he would eat: yellow cake with chocolate frosting. Mm. He still loves that, but that was, that was all my birthday cake. He will eat a million up. other things now, but and then the little like sugar cube looking lettering, yeah. you remember that? Those yeah. were all my birthday cakes. So good. Yeah. Okay. Brings back the memories. Do you know what we're talking about? No, you weren't poor. Xander's over there just nodding. He doesn't have a clue. <laughs> he he had his birthday parties at Chuck E. Cheese. We had ours at our house. I only had like two birthday parties. Did you really? I was born on August first, so mm. it's right before school. Going Everyone's school. out of town. And my dad's in the construction world, so they took vacations. So I was the most blessed of all humans. Mm. I got to go to my aunt's house for my birthday. Pa- for my birthday, while my uh, my kids, my parents were um, going to like other places, you know, like far off lands, cruises, things of that nature. The big corporate trip before you know they kick back off, and they had something we didn't, which was a game changer, and that was cable television. Mm. I'm, but y'all didn't have cable television? No. That's where <laughs> sin is. That my, makes sense. My <laughs> my love of television is something that did not exist until I was 
probably in college. Mm. That's when I first like started getting to watch shows that were illegal for me, like The Simpsons. I still have never watched an entire episode of The Simpsons. Me either. I'll say the first four or five seasons are brilliant writing, mm. like truly great satire. After that, it just kind of divulges. Falls apart. Little by little. Mm. They got you hooked in the beginning. Just keep you on. But yeah. I don't know how we got here. Fun Fetty Kids. <laughs> <laughs> Something about sugar lettering. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Oh, uh, yeah. Anyways. It was the kids. It was the kids. kids. It's the kids. Blame the kids. Yeah, see? I will blame the kids. Got us off track. <laughs> the kids. This was planned from kids. the beginning. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> All right, so y'all good? Anything fun or exciting happening in y'all's life? Good. We just... Got back from a couple of days vacation in the mountains Up with our dear friends. Eula Land. Yeah, with with um, Tommy and Cher- my brother Tommy and his wife Cheryl and our friends Frank and Helen. Mm. And it was a great couple of days to be unplugged and just hanging out, enjoying the beautiful weather. Were you actually great. unplugged? Pretty much. Right. I mean, Probably you know, you. a couple of times I sent you a couple of messages. We had a phone call about a... Um, about Mr. Woody and mm-hmm. um, not doing well and a couple of things like that. For, but for the most part, I was unplugged. Yeah. And then I butt-dialed you. My yeah, apologies you on did. that. <laughs> you did. And I'm like, oh, something must have happened. Let me call mm-hmm. him. He would never call me. Let me call him. Yeah. And then it was that awkward or like, did hey, you what's call up? Me? Hey, what's up? Like, just, <laughs> why, are we, why are we talking? <laughs> why are we on the phone? <laughs> did I call you or you called me? Yeah. I love it. That's fun. Anything fun going in your world? Not really. We're just taking it slow and fun and easy, you know? Yeah. Enjoying. Uh, we had a blast watching the Tennessee game. Hmm. Um, I'm going to throw my wife under the bus. This was hilarious. She grew up a lot in Tennessee, went to college in Tennessee. A lot of Tennessee fans. Her father is a Tennessee fan. Um, as the game got going, she was like, because I just know so many obnoxious Tennessee fans. Everyone has obnoxious fans of pick a football uh, team. And she was like, yeah, I hope they get hope in the first half, and that hope gets taken away in the second half, and Alabama wins. And that's 100% what happened in that game. Hmm. She felt really bad for saying that. But it was fun watching it, hanging out with the fam, just having a good day. I actually didn't uh, didn't watch a bit of um, football this weekend. So I'm <laughs> looking at my phone. Have you all seen the new oh, yeah. can, the voicemail? As it comes up. in, and it'll tell you everything that's being said. But I can guarantee you that that word is not what yeah. this gentleman <laughs> used. Agreed. So the, the transcript of this voicemail. Sorry, that was a rabbit trail. But yeah, so I'm glad y'all got to watch football. And it was fun. Volunteers, go balls. Boo! I was cheering for him. Boo! It was them or Alabama. I feel like as a Georgia fan, you know, we've been robbed too many times. From SEC championships or national titles. That's true. I, I can't cheer for Saban or his lot. Yeah. Yeah, true. Me either. Punk. Although he's probably a very nice guy, I'm <clears throat> sure. I don't know. I don't know. Probably not. I don't know either. But Cool. Yeah. All right. So let's uh, let's dive in to uh, the calendar. Uh, I forgot the music. So before we go forward, let's go back real quick. If that's okay, because one of the things we've been talking about in the calendar section is the uh, trunk or treat, and it was incredible, amazing. Uh, it's staff meeting this morning. We probably spent twenty minutes just talking about 
how many people showed up and helped and served and cooked chili. I mean, it was uh, it, it was one of the best things since I've been here. And That's just great. watching the people get excited and uh, boil peanuts. And, I mean, just a- everything Every that they did. Every aspect of it was And then, great. I mean, being bringers, there's so many new people that came and hung out with us and we got to meet a lot of new families, and it was it was just awesome. I mean, I was on on every sense of the word. I was excited on what God did, and proud of our people for serving and bringing friends and um, being like, hospitable. Yes, I mean, and, it, and bringing all the chili. All the chili. So um, I was a judge, uh, but I got to there was twenty chilies, and I got to number eight and had to tap out. And I'm just talking. I was just getting a spoonful or two of each of them. I had to tap out. It was so much chili. Uh, well, excuse me, I got to number nine because I did have Jack Frost, mm-hmm. who won. Yes. Good job, Jack Frost. Yes, he did. Yeah, and Jack. then we ran a 5K together Friday, and he won his age division in the 5K. He's a winner. So Jack Frost just wins. I winners mean, win. Winners win. Mm-hmm. It's what they do, and Jack Frost is a winner. So kudos, Jack Frost. And then, so settle a family debate for us real quick. Uh, Tara Fielder won third. Yes. Who won second? Um, Stacy Jernigan. Stacy Jernigan. That's it. We could not remember who won second place. Uh, don't get mad at me, Stacy. I'm proud yeah, of don't you. Don't get mad at me either, because honest Sunday morning, I had to ask Jack who won second. Mm. Mm. So Second's a hard one. You know, that's what they say about the Olympics too. That like the, sil- the yeah the silver is the worst to get because bronze like you made it. Mm. Like at least you were in the top three. You medaled. Mm. Yeah. Second place, like you were that close to being the best in the world, and of course, best in the world. Happy to be breathing air. But if you're not first, you're, you're last. last. Talladega. Simple. Break it, Bobby. Simple. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyways, thank you so much for everyone that came, served, helped, participated in. Uh, it was it was an incredible night, and just it was. super proud of our church for uh, putting it on. Because that's one thing we talked about again this morning. Uh, as a staff, we didn't do much. The, pe- yeah. the people did it. The I mean, you it. listeners, you church members, y'all were the ones that carried the weight and pulled that event off, and it was Absolutely. it was phenomenal. So, and we are very appreciative. Yes, it was awesome. So, what else we got coming up on L Calendar? Sunday, this Sunday, we get to be out in the community at the Community Fall Festival. So Sponsors. let's take that same energy. Yes, we had Wednesday, and take Carry it to the soccer over. complex. Carry over to the soccer complex. That's going to be from 4 to 7. Um, and we will be, ser- Redeemer will be serving, um, what do we call those things? Funnel, funnel cakes. cakes. Yes. We will be serving funnel cakes. Um, we got a group of guys that are cooking, hamb- I mean, cooking hot dogs. Um, we'll need some help wrapping those. We need some general volunteers just hanging out. A lot of people have already signed up to bring a cake for the cakewalk. Uh, our walks, um, there will be a cakewalk just for kids that will have cupcakes and such and a cakewalk for adults with mm. full-size cakes. So how do you sign up if you want to help out? Um, on the Church Center app. Church, so you just go to the App Store. If you don't have it, download Church Center app. Uh, I think it will put in your zip code. Yes. And find Redeemer Church of Madison. Click it. And then create an account, and you're good to go. Good to You'll go. You'll see all of the events. Everything Redeemer. Yep. How to join a core seminar, mm-hmm. family group, all of the things are right there. And looking back on the calendar, mm. core seminars started this past Sunday morning. They did, with some pretty exciting new core seminars, Yes, which is? 
We got the youth middle school core seminars. We got boys and we got girls. Uh, so yeah, they're a ton of fun. I had, yeah, I was lucky to be able to sit in with the boys, um, on this kickoff Sunday. Cause it's uh, for the boys. It's for the boys. Sundays are for the boys. It's for the Lord people, but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> just for the record. Um, but yeah, it's Brian Mitchell in, um, in that one, along with Sean uh, Pearson and they're crushing it. Uh, Sabrina Sloan was heading out with our girls, Next week will be Mariah. So if you're in there, Mariah will be in there. Okay. And um, we have some other uh, ladies in the pipeline um, to just be a part of that. So we're really excited. If you have a middle schooler, have them join on in. And then we also have the Old Testament continuing. Yeah. And Gabe, if you want to mention something about the that other class we have. No, we full. Yeah, oh, you full? Mind. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> no, so I'm, I'm teaching one uh, practical theology for everyday lives. Uh, so just how do we connect the theology that we learn in the Bible to not this ethereal, theoretical, we just sit around and argue theology, but why does theology matter and uh, what can we learn and apply it? So uh, just use a couple examples in class from, from culturally, how do, we, how do we look at things through a biblical worldview? How do we answer biblical answers? How do we walk through seasons of difficulty with people and encourage them with the attributes of God? I mean, there's so many fruit that can come from uh, just knowing our Bibles and and not having to discover it for ourselves, right? Like, praise God that we have brilliant men and women that have studied the Scriptures, that have coined these terms, that we can learn and hold fast to. Uh, so we looked. The, the main thing that we looked at Sunday was Second uh, Peter, where we're talking about this is knowledge of God is how you hold fast to the end. Mm-hmm. So what what do you do when suffering comes? When hardships come? When um, False teachers come and try to persuade persuade you away from the true gospel. If we don't if we don't have proper theology, we're gonna uh, go to and fro, like Ephesians says. So uh, that's the class I'm teaching, and uh, hopefully people come back. Yeah, we'll see. We had a we had a room full, uh, but we might not. So we might have a bunch of rooms. So if you want to jump in, come on back week two. Uh, so yeah, that's that's looking back. And and Xander, you said this Sunday, and I just want to reiterate. Um, yes, it's technically week two, but all of them are built to where you can hop in at any time. Any time. So don't feel like, oh my gosh, I missed week one or I missed the first two, three weeks. I'll just wait till the next time. Don't, don't do that. Just come hop in. You'll be fine. I'm setting mine up. I know Jeff does, um, youth will to where all of them can stand alone Mm -hmm. if needed. So you won't miss anything. Just come hop on in. Yeah. Yeah. They're yeah, they're designed like the old sitcoms of, you know, back in the days of cable TV where you might miss two or three episodes. Mm. And being a part of all of them, obviously you're going to get the most out of it. Sure. But if you miss a couple, you're still going to be able to enjoy, you'll still continue to learn, and we want to be um we want to be devoted. We want to be a part of these part uh these processes to grow, to be discipled. Yep, to be uh, lifelong so learners. Out. Be lifelong learners. Yep. So on the kids' end of the building at 9 o'clock, we started practice for our children's Christmas musical. Mm-hmm. So um, that What's was it a, a hop in time back there. It's called an out-of-the-box Christmas. Out-of-the-box Christmas. I was hoping it was going to be called a hop in time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds I mean, like an Easter musical. Yeah, yeah. probably is. <laughs> that's a, that's that's a, that's a cantata. <laughs> So anyway, um, we have um, Shannon and Katie who will be leading the charge on this production. Shout out Shannon and Katie. Shout out Shannon and Katie. And um, 
several helpers along the way. So if your kids were not here on Sunday, it's not too late to get them here. Nine o'clock for kids three and up. And the last big thing. Three and up. The next family reunion. Oh, yeah. Yes. I thought you were talking about another core seminar. I was I like, did too. I think I'm we like, went I missed together. that one. <laughs> nope. Uh, my apologies. So the next family reunion coming up will not be here at the church building, but it will actually be at Twin Lakes because it's our Thanksgiving meal, our yes. annual Thanksgiving meal. And so we'll get together. When we did it here last year, we did not fit. Um, so we made the decision, I- take it out to Twin Lakes. Invite all your family, friends, neighbors. Um, this is going to be a time of just joy and Thanksgiving. It's be so, great. And that's on November, Wednesday, November 15th. And yep. sign up on the Church Center app. Yep. And, and please do. Let me sign up for everything. Sign ups help with everything. But um, this one is catered like all of our family reunions are. And it really helps us mm-hmm. in the caterer if you tell us as soon as you know that you're going to come mm-hmm. so we can start turning in numbers. So, Go sign up. Do not delay. Sign up today. Sounds that was like quite a, piffy. It was a commercial. <laughs> yes, I can't it was. remember what it was. <laughs> uh, cool. Anything else on the calendar? We have on um, Xander, correct me if I'm wrong, November 1st. Yes, on November 1st, we have the Fields of Faith, and that's going to be at the softball fields. Uh, by our friends at Fellowship of Christian Athletes. By the FCA themselves. Uh, and so it's just an opportunity for all of the youth in the area um, to just come together and worship God as one. Um, the mo- I think the more often we can break down barriers, mm-hmm. the better off we're going to be. That being said, this is not limited to the youth. This is a family event. Yeah. Uh, so if you're not married, if you're married, if you got kids, you got no kids, come out and yeah. just enjoy a wonderful night of worship. We're going to be at the softball fields. Uh, which is just behind or next to the aquatic center, effectively. Uh, so come join, please. It's going to be a great time. Redeemer Youth will be there in a big way, and so we hope to see you there. Yeah, we took our whole family last year, and it was great. It's outdoors yeah. so the kids could kind of run around. and It's a lot of fun. Yeah, it was great. Big speakers. Uh, there's an uh, element of music. There's a speaking element. There's a prayer element. Testimony. Yeah, testimonies. Yeah. is really cool. What's the next youth event y'all got going on outside of Fields of Faith? Outside of Fields of Faith, the next uh, youth event we have is going to be a movie night at Mac and Kelly's house. And that's going to be on November 10th. Awesome. What movie are you watching? Oh, I'm not telling you that. I want to know. I'll I'll tell you when we're off the air. Okay. The suspense. (laughs) Yeah. Well, hey, the suspense is what gets people in the room. It is. Got to have a little bit of a showmanship to it. Can can I take a guess? Showmanship? Sure. Did you just say? No. (laughs) What? I thought he was dropping hints. Oh, no. I'm not that good. Charlie Brown's Thanksgiving. That's a good one. Mm. That's, a, that's a miss. It might be. It might not be. It's I can't a, confirm that on air. It's a miss. I can tell. You cannot <laughs> confirm or deny. Mm. I would never confirm or deny. Charlie Brown. But probably. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. All right. So that's all we got for the calendar. We got some things going on. Um, and just encourage everyone to download. The app, find it, sign up, your life will be better for it. That was a little melodramatic, but get the app. Get the app today. All right, so what's next? To the cutting room floor. Perfect. All right, so uh, cutting room floor. Honestly, this might be a short segment. 
because this is one of those sermons where I left it all on the field. <laughs> I didn't really uh, omit much um, as we're talking about the the uh, Jesus showing up in the Gardines and uh, casting out the demon uh, from the possessed man, throwing them in the pigs, and all the pigs leaving uh, to to their demise. Um, I, I, well, I say that. Here's a couple things I would throw in. Um, one, I, I didn't go. I didn't go this direction, uh, and I'm going to try to stay thirty thousand foot view real quick. But um, w- what we see here is this idea of of Christ is always victorious. That was one of my points. Uh, but there's a theological idea called Christus Victor, um, to where again it's that same idea: Christus Victor, Christ is always victorious. Um, but those two things, Christus Victor and substitutionary atonement, uh, can kind of wage war together, and so. I chose not to use the word Christus Victor, even though that is what's happening. Um, Christus Victor would say on on the death of Christ, it wasn't uh, an atonement for our sins because that would make God basically a bully in the sky, that uh, Jesus willingly did that to be the victory. Uh, but we would, which, yes, we agree with that, but we also understand the Levitical law that uh, there had to be bloodshed for the remission of sins. And so we would say, yeah, Christ is always victorious, but there's also what we would call penal substitutionary atonement to where Christ took our place. That's why it had to be brutal. That's why death had to take place because he was literally the substitutionary atonement. So uh, that's a deep dive if you want to go into that, the separation between Christ's victor, penal substitutionary atonement. Um, The other thing that I wanted to maybe point out real quick if you're using the parallel, so yesterday I used uh, Luke, Mark, and Matthew all together. Um, Matthew talks about two guys. Mark and Luke only talk about one guy. And so, you know, there's been people say, see, there's a contradiction in the Scripture. Those, this Bible's fake because there's two contradictions in Scripture, blah, blah, blah. Um, I, I would just simply say Matthew's Gospel Never, well, excuse me. Mark and Luke never extremely limited it to saying there was only one. However, they just talked about one. While Matthew's gospel said there was two, so the probably the most obvious answer is there was a primary and there's a secondary. Uh, the secondary person was not much part of the story, even though he was there and still possessed. Um, but Mark and Luke chose to only talk about the most demon possessed man as the one, while Matthew included the both. So if there was if there was ever a sentence in Mark or Luke that said one and only one demon-possessed man, then at that point we have a contradiction. But just because they only highlight one and not the other like the Gospel of Matthew does, doesn't mean that there's a contradiction. Does that make sense? Yep. Um, maybe taking it out of the Bible and just using a real-world example, like you go somewhere and you're talking about who's at the party, well, if I left out, Chris was there, but I talked about Xander being there, and then I get home and my parents, I don't know why I'm using my parents, I'm a grown man. Uh, <laughs> I but, got home to my parents' house. <laughs> yeah, and I didn't say Chris. Well, that doesn't make me a contradiction. It was just, no, I just chose not to include Chris in that story, but I did talk about Xander. Is, is, I mean, is that, yeah. are we tracking with that? So yeah. that's, that's one of those, um, how do I say this nicely, uh, weak attempts at some to belittle the scriptures when it's pretty obvious that's mm-hmm. that's not what's taking place. There's not a contradiction. There's just an omission of a detail that really doesn't change the narrative of the story at all. 
what does it matter if it's one or two? It, it doesn't really. So, uh, anyways, that, those were maybe two cutting room floors that I chose not to go down. Uh, but any any thoughts on the sermon or questions from y'all? I'm trying to keep this segment a little shorter. Yeah. I mean, we talked about it during our um, staff meeting, and it mostly goes to, like, I mean, this is just a comment to flattery. Um, but there's a specific moment that stuck out a lot to me in the sermon. Hopefully it did for you. If you did not hear the sermon, you can find it on the same place that you're finding this podcast, on the app, a host of different uh, locations, including YouTube and Facebook. Um, and there's a point in which Gabe pointed out that the demons obeyed. In the previous sermon, we specifically walked through the fact that air and ocean, so inanimate objects, obeyed. Elemental forces of earth obeyed. Hmm. The only people who do not obey are you and I. And that's bold mm-hmm. for us to be the ones in open rebellion. And then we think we deserve grace. Uh, so that just, to me, grows the image of the cross that Christ went to. When he's watching, like he shows up and demons immediately throw themselves at his feet to say, do what you will with us, but please only punish us to this degree or in these ways. They know their punishment is coming. Mm-hmm. And then we put them on the cross instead of Barabbas. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, yes. So, and, that, that, and that was one of my, I mean, just as I'm preparing the sermon studying this text, the, the demons begged for mercy. Like, Ain't that something? And what? we don't, we think we deserve heaven. You know, we deal with this entitlement, but at least the demons understood, like, you're, you're coming back to torment me before time. Um, it's just fascinating. And, and, I, and, I, and I use it a ton, um, so I'll, I'll keep this point brief, but the parallels between the gospel narrative and that story just blow me away. That Jesus went out of his way to walk, to get in a boat through a dangerous situation, to set the captives free. Is exactly what what he did in his life, death, burial, resurrection yeah, for us. Absolutely. So you start seeing that symbolism. It's just, it's kind of one of those things. It's hard to unsee. You know, mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. you see the FedEx arrow in the logo. You know what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. Yep. Once, Once you, you see it, it you can't, can't unsee, unsee it. it. Um, or, or the like, smile on Amazon boxes. Yeah. I thought that was an arrow <laughs> for my whole life. I was like, oh, they're like, deli-, you know, it's delivered. Yeah. And then someone's like, it's the company with that smile on the box. Mm-hmm. And now it cannot be unseen. Smile. Yeah. yeah, so it's it's one of those things for me. Now that I see it, it's like I can never read that story the same mm-hmm. because that is the gospel incarnate. I mean, that's that's the story yeah. in front of us. So, yeah, cool. I love it. Anything else? I think that sums it up. Yeah, like I said, I didn't. Yeah, I didn't take too much out of that one. It was <laughs> as y'all could tell, fifty-two. I just okay. So let me. I I do try. I know y'all don't believe that I try to take my sermon shorter. That one was 3,250 words, 3,250 words. I don't know why I said 3,250, but which means it should have meant that would have been a 32-minute sermon. It was 52 minutes. You I tried. added a few words. I, I must have. What happens if you don't pull yourself back? How long does that sermon go? You want me to try? <laughs> <laughs> Coming this fall. <laughs> I will chase every rabbit trail that pops in my mind. No, I don't know. I mean, I, I think the longest I've ever gone is an hour and ten minutes. That's not bad. It wasn't for me. My throat was hurting yesterday, though. I could tell. After teaching course seminar and then going preaching, I'm like, I need to stop. Somebody give me some tea before I go up to round two. Uh, but, no, I don't, I don't know. I've never. 
Maybe it's a good social experiment. Maybe I'll try that on family worship this week. Ooh, okay. We didn't talk about that. We didn't talk about that. Oh, man. We did forget about that. Yeah. It is family worship. Kids will be singing. Mm, I love that. And That's I love awesome. the kids in the room. And family worship, we only do it four times a year. Yeah. Normally. I mean, yeah. we might try to do it some more, but. Fifth Sunday. Uh, the fifth, yeah, the four times we have a fifth Sunday. And I just love it. One, our kids' volunteers deserve that break. Yeah. They Amen. earn every bit of that. Every Amen. Um, and then, too, it's just I love seeing the kids in there, them paying attention, and uh, it's just super encouraging to see. So, And our four and under volunteers don't get a break, but yeah. they'll get a jewel in their crown. Maybe, maybe one day we'll say true family worship. True. The nursery is closed. Oof. We'll have people turning around. Yeah. I'll right. catch you on the live stream. Catch you later. <laughs> when Whitfield preached from the rock, was there a nursery nearby? No. No. I'll say no. That's, that's all I got to say about that. Turn it into Forrest Gump over here. So speaking, okay, never mind. <laughs> I, I hear I hear myself doing it now. <laughs> Last thing, I think I mentioned it, but speaking of Whitfield uh, and long preaching, I mean, open air preaching for that long, I mean, his lungs literally quit working. Like it was kind of an asthma attack. He could not catch his breath. Oftentimes he would, we're going to get a little graphic, but vomit before and after. And towards the end of his ministry, he was throwing up like basically blood because he had literally worn out his body for the gospel, which is, I mean, it's pretty awesome to think like that, that dude wrung himself out for the gospel was not a very good husband. We can talk about that on another podcast. And I think we should, Uh, William Carey founded modern days missions, was not a very good husband. So you talk about some of these heroes of our faith. They they had their sin and issues too, mm-hmm. just like every character in the Bible. We yeah. talked about that, and I'll say it. Yeah. I stole it from somebody, but, I mean, I, I could not at Redeemer Church hire anybody from the Old Testament. Yeah. I mean, I, I stole I think Matt Chandler talked about that. But yeah. Like interviewing David. I mean, you ever killed a guy? Uh, yeah. yeah. There was that one time. Well, like, was it justified? No, I had. I was trying to cover up her wife. <laughs> yeah, uh, like, oh, okay, no, you next. <laughs> Abraham, can I hire you? Uh, no, you you lie when things get difficult. No, okay, can't hire you. I mean, you just go down the line. No one's yeah. hireable. So I, I I do think it's a sin when we platform and pedestal uh, mere men, uh, but at the same time, there are role models to look up to um, because I can I can be a bad husband too, like. And it's guys like that that can push me to like, hey, I'm I'm going to do it better than than Whitfield in this regard. Uh, one of the, I think one of the guys. Sorry, last last no. thing on this. Uh, Chris literally just added an audible sigh. That's what just happened. <laughs> That's why I'm apologizing. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> but Sp- Spurgeon, uh, I, I think Charles Spurgeon is one of those guys that there's there's no skeletons in his closet. He was a fantastic father, fantastic husband. Fantastic preacher of the gospel. Yes, did he die early because he wore his body out? Sure. But uh, he's one of those guys led in family worship often. Um, and when he died, Susie Spurgeon, Susanna Spurgeon, picked up his work of uh, sending books to young pastors. And um, one of my friends, Ray Rhodes, actually wrote a book talking about Susie Spurgeon and her ministry. And then he just wrote another book about their romance and their love together. And so it's just encouraging, like, not, not everyone that we look up to fails, but uh, we fail more than we don't. So Mm. anyways, cutting room four, we talked about other things because that's what I do. All right. That's what I do. So what's next? 
now we're going to part five, or part six, excuse me. Part six. Of the five solas. I really do love that music. I know I say that every week, but. Uh, so, yeah, technically, we should be over, right? We, we said we were going to do the five solas, and why are we doing week six of the five solas? Um, but we, we talked about it after last podcast, and there's one more tenet of, or one more pillar, maybe, of the Reformation that we felt like we had to spend a little bit of time on to dissect and discuss uh, before we officially wrap up this series, which I hope has been fruitful. Uh, and we're going to do a couple interviews, and then we're going to come out with the next, uh, I think it's going to be a five- or six-week part where we'll take some theology and, and talk about it. Uh, but what are we doing today? Anyone want to try to pronounce it? In the Latin? In the Latin. <laughs> go for it. Not me. Uh, Semper Reformada? Reformanda. Reformanda. Yep. I got that Greek and Hebrew in me. <laughs> <laughs> Which means... Anyone want to take it? Always reforming. Yeah, always reforming. Reform and always reforming. So um, this was something that, again, as we talked about, was this a spoken pillar during the Reformation? No, historically this didn't really come out in in language form until about 1674. Uh, a Dutch reformer was the one that really coined this. But um, for us and for them... It means that, well, before I get there, going back to the actual Reformation, um, the church that they were trying to reform had started off right in the early church, and then at some point, like things always do, it had drifted to something that was unhealthy, unsustainable, was no longer God-glorifying, but was separating the laity from the priest and was not actually discipling, but was creating more barriers uh, for them to understand the gospel than helpful barriers. And so that was what, when when Martin Luther and these guys nailed the 95 Theses, when Carv- Calvin, when Zwingli, all these guys were fighting for what now has been, as we look back, coined the five solas, um, what they were actually doing is all encompassed by this, which is reformed and always reforming, meaning Simply put, and we can dive into, and Chris has some fantastic quotes that will help us understand, um, but but there's always a drift leftward. There's always a drift away from orthodoxy to whether it be pragmatic or whether it be sin. Or There's always a drift away. So for us to say um, always reforming means that we can never say we've done it. Right. Like it's perfected. Um, like this is perfect within itself. Like, we can now take a break. Um, that just in our own life, in our own bodies, we're always fighting that battle of sanctification. Mm-hmm. Um, and the moment, like, you, you think you've nailed it and you stand up, that's when you get hit the most. Uh, I have ever told you all the football story. So when I was in middle school, just started playing football, uh, I was the quarterback, but then our running back went down. So they're like, all right, you know the place. Go play fullback. I'm like, bro, I've never done this before, but let's go. So got the ball ran through the line, and I saw the touchdown in front of me. I, I did it. Like, I just broke through the defensive line. I'm about to score a touchdown. And so I stood up. Like, you know, when you run through the line, you're kind of hunched over, lower to the ground. So I stood up, like, start running, and got destroyed by the secondary. I'm talking, like, I'm laying on the ground going, how did I get here? 
and why does my whole body hurt? Um, and in the same way, for the church, for all of our lives, the moment that we think, man, I've done it, like I've arrived, I've got it figured out, that's when we're going to get blindsided from the weak safety and just destroy us. And so this idea of always reforming is not, is not only individualistic, but for the church, primarily, we've always got to be reforming. So um, I think it's helpful, and, and, and Chris, I'm going to kick it to you to read one of these quotes here in a second, and whatever else you want to add. Um, but I think it's super helpful for us to understand that we don't mean that as we're always reforming that we're trying to keep up with the latest trends right. of church and life and ministry. Um because that's not what reforming looks like. We're not trying to reform forwards, right? We're trying to reform backwards. Mm-hmm. So would you, would you read that quote that kind of really highlights that? I mean, it said, cultural relevance makes the church biblically irrelevant. The call of the Christian and the church of Jesus is to be consistently reforming from the deforming effects of the culture. Yeah. So we're, we are trying to reform... Uh, to the word of God, right? Yeah. So one quote from Michael Horton says, the church is reformed and always in need of being reformed according to the word of God. The verb is passive. The church is not always reforming, but it's always being reformed by the spirit through the word of God. Yeah. And so, yeah, if we're trying to reform and try to keep up with culture, um, one, why are we letting culture define what the church is or what it isn't? Right. When that's only from the word of God. And then two, we can never keep up. I mean, you, the the even now, I mean, just think how fast the news cycle changes and how fast cultural changes. Mm-hmm. If the church is trying to keep up with culture and be relevant, we can we can never be relevant. No. And, uh, I mean, we were joking earlier at staff meeting about, uh, I said the word, say less, uh, or the phrase, because I'd never heard it. That's probably been out for five years. Uh, and I think it's actually a little disrespectful to say that. I don't like that phrase. But... Same way, like if I try to be culturally relevant and get up on stage and try to wear like culturally relevant clothes, well, one, according to who? Right, and um, it's already outdated. Somebody's and it's already, already moved on. Yeah, and, and so am I going to be culturally relevant for our more blue-collar boys? Am I going to be more culturally relevant to the families? Am I going to be culturally relevant to the empty nesters? Like culturally who? relevant to who? Right. Um, and And – so even if you could, you can't, but to what end? Yeah. We want to be relevant. We want to be re- reformed by the word of God, not by culture. Mm-hmm. Uh, I read a quote one time, and I might have talked about it here, but uh, let's talk about church planners. When you move into a town, um, walk around, and have I said this before? I don't think so. I don't think so. Not okay. on the podcast. So least. Yeah, so go around, take a poll, go find all the non-believers in town, and ask them, what is it that you want from a local church? And then you take this list and you go home, you shut the door, you get alone in your office, and you get on your hand and knees and pray to God that you never become any of those things. Yeah. Because if you're asking non-Christians from the world what the church should be, you've already lost. Oh, wow. And, That's good. Uh, so for us, what, what are we doing when we're trying to be culturally relevant? So that's not what reform and always reformed means. It means going back and letting the Word of God Change us, grow us, and reform us in that. Yeah. Does that make sense? It does. And in this in this art, same article, it said, Reformed means that the Word of God has changed and purified us. Mm. And, and no matter how old we are or no matter how long we've been studying our Bibles and um, been a believer, 
there is always room to grow. Yeah. And that goes back to our um, lifelong learner. Yep. Be a lifelong learner. Always. There's always areas in your life that you can improve. Yeah, exactly right. Uh, Xander, what's your take on Semper Reformanda? So I think you guys have hit most of the, the primary points that I would point out. Um, how many times can I say the word point? Uh, um, which uh, a, a large part of the idea of Semper Reforma does not say that the early church did it perfect. Because um, that is a that's an inappropriate place to go. Um, but it is to say that if you take a bunch of broken pieces and put them together, you should not expect a perfect whole to be created. Um, was it Spurgeon who said, uh, if you ever find a perfect church, don't join because you'll ruin it? You'll ruin it by showing up. Yeah. yeah. Um, which I know for a fact that um, when – here's an example that should hit everyone. Uh, blame it on your kids. Why? Because your kids aren't perfect. Mm-hmm. Was your marriage perfect before your kids showed up? Probably not. Why? Because you're in it, and mm-hmm. you're not perfect. Mm-hmm. What about the family you grew up in? It wasn't perfect. Why? Because you were in it because pick a person was in it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so will the church be perfect? No. If the church was just Christ, absolutely perfect. Um, and that goes into the other solas that we've already talked about, the fact that it is grace alone. It is not our works. Um, all those things that we've talked about, um, that is what the church truly is. Mm. To falter from it, to try to become what's cool or hip or interesting, that's the reverse of this form mm-hmm. of always reforming. This means... Every day when you wake up, you check yourself to Scripture. Before you go to bed, you check your, yourself to Scripture, and you do that within the the actual mechanisms of the church. So if you're a part of a ministry that you love, check it. Mm. Are youth ministries biblical? Are children's ministries biblical? Should every Sunday be mm. family worship Sunday? Check it to Scripture. Mm. Um, and if you, can, if you can find grace and room for the ministry that you want to be a part of, do it. Scripture has never told me to make peanut butter and jelly sandwiches for homeless people. But in Athens, I did it most Saturdays because we were part of a ministry called PBJ. Mm. Um, is parachurch. We were not connected to a church. Does that make it good? Does it make it bad? Who knows? Simple reforma. Mm. Always be reforming to Scripture. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think the, the, the mental image uh, that's coming to my mind is just a, a guy hiking. I mean, for me, Appalachian Trail, mountains, whatever. And you know he's got he's got two choices when you're in the middle of the woods. You can either look into the horizon and try to see what might be the right way to go, or he can look down at his compass and be a hundred percent sure this is actually north. And so for us, a lot of times the the church culture is like let's try to look as far forward as we can and and see where we think we're supposed to go. When all we have to do is look down at our compass, which is the word of God, and let it tell us where we're to go. Mm. Yeah. Um, and not too long ago. Um, you made the comparison of if you're on a boat and you get one degree off mm-hmm. and then you just keep sailing along and you're you started out only one degree off. Yeah. But you're gonna wake up in a world of hurt. Yeah. Yeah. Because you're gonna be so far off the mark. Yep. And that's where the always reforming part comes back yep. is it, it's it's a painful process process, but once you look at the compass and realize where you are, yeah. Now you have two choices, right? You say, Well, uh, who's to say scripture is actually right? We see that all the time in a lot of liberal churches. I mean, we saw that happen in our own town where, you know, they're, and they would say, that's not what we're doing, but that's exactly what we're yeah. doing. We're, we're caving to what culture says. Um, or we can do the right thing and the hard thing and turn left and 
get back on track. And that's the, when we talk about the Reformation, uh, which October 31st. It's coming. It's coming. That's Happy Reformation Day where the 95 theses were nailed to the door of the castle. That That is, those 95 theses were the hard things to say. We've got to get back. Like We've got to turn left uh, because we have gotten off course. Yeah. And, and and we know, and we've talked about them before, but like things like indulgences, right? Where you're not forgiven by grace alone, but give me enough money, I will sell you this coupon so that your sins can be forgiven. Like that's what we're talking about, how far off we've gotten. Um, but man, we're, there, <laughs> there might not be indulgences, but there's a lot of wicked practices yeah. from a lot of churches that, that need to be reformed. But I would say, and I think you got one more quote. I do. I would say, uh, for the most part, yes, can we be concerned with sins of others and sins of other churches? Maybe, but there's enough reformation in our own life and in our own church that if we're to work hard at that, we won't really have time to worry about other people. That's very true. (laughs) So what you got? Any measure of spiritual success is not the result of some pragmatic trick or gimmick. It is not the power of some preacher or Christian event. It is the power of God working through Holy Scripture for His glory. Yeah. And then um, Luther said of his reform, the Word did it. So of all good continuing reformation, we must say, the Word must do it. Mm. And, and Luther has a great testimony of uh, really wrestling with the Word. You know, there there was parts of scripture that he did not like, yeah. uh, and and he wrestled with it and fought with it until uh, it became a warm blanket. So, mm-hmm. say that to say we're not going to open up scripture and uh, love and agree to every word on the page. Right. It, it should be a wrestle, uh, but at the end of that, it will be a good uh, a good thing for all of us as the word does the work. Mm-hmm. And step one though is we got to be in the word to know the word. So. Uh, that's where I'll continually push back foundations. We've, we've had that study uh, that I offered. If anybody finishes it a year in the Bible, that you get a, I think we said a steak dinner. Um, so you're not out of time. You can get caught back up. Uh, but be in the Word and let the Word do the work would be my closing remark. Chris? That's it. Xander? Um, I love math. <laughs> so I, I had to Google it when Miss Chris said one degree off. I think everyone would agree if you've ever looked at a compass, go find one. One degree is not a lot. Um, but after, so in one foot, you'll miss your target by 0.2 inches. At 100 yards, 5.2 feet. After a mile, 92.2 feet. Um, and so this don't sound significant, uh, but my the question is then how off the mark are you willing to be? If you travel around the globe from Washington, D.C., if you're aiming for Washington, D.C. again, but you're one degree off, you're in Boston, 492 miles off, mm. yeah. and it just continues worse from there. Mm. So if you're okay with one degree, you're going to be okay with two degrees. Yep. And next thing you know, you're really far off. So every few feet, you should check your compass. Mm-hmm. You should check your compass. That's what they taught some Boy Scouts in orienteering. But, but I Keep think checking. you're hitting on something that's really important. One compromise always leads to another compromise. Right. Absolutely. And once you've sinned once, well, I've already done it. I'm gonna do it again. So I think you're I think you're right on the spot, Z, where we're we're never only talking one degree either. <laughs> Very rarely does someone make a one degree change and go, Okay, that's it. This is all I wanted to do. It's a slippery slope to keep going into more pragmatism, more sin, more 
selfish ideology. I mean, wh- whatever you want to call it, yeah. that one degree is the starting point, not the ending point. So um, be careful. And in those moments, take reform. part of the word. Yeah, reform and always reforming. We always got to be picking up the compass, which is the word of God, and drawing ourselves back to him individually and the church as a whole. Mm-hmm. So uh, with that, that will conclude this podcast. How long was this one? Right at 48 minutes. All right. So Miss Helen said we could go 42 minutes. That's what she wanted. So uh, Helen, this one's for you. Uh, Thank you all for tuning in. We cannot wait to jump back in with you guys next week. Thank you for listening to New Day Podcast. The song is Fire on the Ridge by St. Howard. With what you have just heard, go and be faithful.